Jackson State versus Southern, the game that's going to be on ESPN College Game Day, or the Boombox Classic, whatever you want to call it, just know we're breaking it down. I prefer to call it our game of the week. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Of course, I want you guys to continue after this episode. And talk to me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Y'all see it at the bottom of the screen. I've been missing some of y'all. Y'all ain't talked to me in a minute. Some of you, man. All right. So go ahead and talk to me about your team as we get into the really the thick of it. We're almost there. But today's episode of Locked on HBCU is brought to you by Underdog. And sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On, which is one word, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So, Y'all put 100 down, they give you 100 back. It's really that simple. But I want to talk about the Jackson State versus Southern game. We're not really going to talk about it being on college game day. We're strictly going to focus on the action, not the festivities. I love it, and I cannot wait to see it. But we're going to focus on what's going on between those white lines for 60 minutes of action. All right, and there's no way to kick it off other than the three matchups. Y'all know how we do it on Fridays. And I kind of have this rule. I've been listening to, like, UFC uh, talk right Chael Sonnen to be specific and he's been talking about how the UFC goes about making their cards and by how MMA cards are set up right and what's going to be the main event and the certain rules well I have a certain rule myself and that's the fact that if there's a star quarterback in the matchup and he has a matchup in that on that day that I want to break down they're going to be the thing we kick it off with so I think we know what we're leading with this when we're talking about star quarterbacks I'm talking about Shador Sanders and for this is Shador Sanders versus the defensive backs of Southern this is a, I know it's a lot of rollover from last week because we're talking about another Jackson State fan. So a lot of you were here last Friday. This is very similar to another one of the matchups I had last week. Last week, I said the assortment of wide receivers for Jackson State versus the defensive backs of Campbell. I'm not just rolling it over. And even if I was, I had no shame about it. But I'm telling you that I'm not because the difference is we're focusing on the turnover production. And that responsibility falls on the quarterback. It's not often we're going to put interceptions on the wide receivers. We're not talking about getting open. We're not talking about yards after the catch or anything like that. We're talking about the ability to protect the football or take the football away. And taking the football away is something that Southern does really well. They're actually very similar to Texas Southern in that aspect where they both have 10 interceptions on the year. They both have intercepted every quarterback that they played against except for two. So they're very similar in that aspect, what about Shador Sanders? Is Shador Sanders good at protecting the football? Well, he started off the season that way. The last four games, however, the turnover bug has bit Shador. He's had five interceptions in the last four weeks. Now, the question is, does Shador get back on track? Or does Southern continue to do, to do what they have been doing? Which one happens? I'll let you guys tell me. Southern could take the ball away. Wouldn't shock me. Shouldn't shock you. I'm putting you on notice right now. If Southern takes the ball away, 
It shouldn't shock you if there's an interception. I'm not saying it's make or break now if you have two, three interceptions, which Southern has done in some games. Then maybe that's going to be a deciding factor. But throwing one interception is not going to be a deciding factor in this game. But it is something I'm interested in watching, specifically because if you want to look deeper into where Shador Sanders is at right now, he's trying to have a little bit of a comeback. I'm not saying he played terrible against Campbell, but if you want to go statistically, I ain't watched all the games, but statistically, and numbers can fool you, statistically, this is his worst game of the year. It's his only game where he did not surpass 250 total yards. It's his second game this year when he only had one touchdown. This was a struggle, and it was a hard game for them offensively, putting points on the board and everything. Shador just did not have a lot of yards. We'll see if he can bounce back. This is not the type of secondary I would want to bounce back against, but if he does it, it shouldn't shock you either, right? So it would not surprise me if Jackson State comes out and puts, out a, puts up a lot of points. But the, the, the Southern defense is good enough to where that won't happen. So it, it, it's something's got to break. And we're going to talk about that at the end. That's our key to victory. Oops. <laughs> I guess I spilled the beans. But um, yeah, so our second matchup that we're going to break down is Bashawn McCray versus Aubrey Miller. And Aubrey Miller is a fantastic linebacker. And I absolutely love anytime I get to watch him play. Um, I won't be watching this game. I'll be having, I have to go back and, and look at it, man. It's Texas Southern homecoming so i can't wait to just stock up this ah yeah i'll, I'll watch it by sunday I'll, I'll do something but anywho the point the matter is Aubrey miller is fantastic and he's a great player to watch play but sean mccray is good too and he's also very agile and this is where miller has to step up they're gonna have a lot of designed runs and they're gonna have a lot of just runs but you're gonna have a lot of designed runs you have to make sure that that's not the case if you're Aubrey miller because what you want as the linebacker is to make it you versus the running running backs. That's what you're looking for. Now, of course, McCray is going to run. He's the leading rusher on this team. So you're going to have to stop him. You have to make sure you stop him, and that's on you. But if you stop him, then the matchup goes from, all right, we're going to go linebacker versus quarterback to linebacker versus running back. You're not going to eliminate running the ball from Southern. They're going to try to run the ball pretty much the whole game. They've been pretty effective with it, too, about – four high four you know yards per carry you're doing that pretty well you're not going to stop it it's just about taking the quarterback dynamic out of it and that's what i'm looking for out of aubrey miller because stopping the running backs is a task in and of itself but stopping mccray is as well and you have to do that first because if you don't know who can carry the ball if you don't know who they're going to call on to run the football it becomes significantly more difficult to stop as a defense and then lastly the Jackson State offensive line versus the Southern defensive line. Um, Jackson State is really good at one thing. They're really good at one thing, but they want to be better at another. And there's no doubt that they're really good at passing the football. You know, even your biggest hater would struggle to deny that. Shador Sanders, the assortment of wide receivers, the two people who we've had going against defensive backs over the last two weeks. Yes, this tandem, this group is really good at passing the football. I like Sevion Wilkerson. I think he's been solid this year. Deion Sanders wants more from him, I think more consistently, and then also in the red zone specifically. He said we've got to be more aggressive with running, with the run. Everybody knows we've got a quarterback who can spin in and wide receivers that can go get it. Teams are dropping seven or eight defenders. We've got to run the football hard nose and score. We've got to want it a lot more than they do. It's just attitude. In the red zone, it's just attitude.
So you see, that's twofold. I think he wants to make sure that they're running the ball more aggressive all throughout the field. But then when they're in the red zone specifically, which they have struggled in, they want to make sure that they're getting effective runs because you can't get stuffed. And Taj Brown is the type to stuff you. Taj, Taj Brown is the guy who has nine and a half tackles for a loss, you know, six and a half sacks. So he's going to push that pocket. Trey Liang, he has nine and a half sacks. So he he's on the outside, but you're looking at Liang. You're looking at Brown. You're looking at Dumas if he can come back because he did miss the last game. You're looking at Jordan Lewis. These are a lot of guys on the front line who are going to cause you issues. That Jackson State offensive line has to be on his P's and Q's all game specifically in the red zone because you're going to want to have to get a push because it's not just on Wilkerson. It's on the trenches to get a push. When you say want to, when you say attitude, it's about man-on-man, -man, defensive tackle ahead of offensive guard, defensive end in front of offensive tackle, imposing your will and showing that I want it more, I'm going to take it. Well, I mean, good luck. You're going against somebody like Taj Brown, good luck because he's a mammoth of a man in the middle. And when you're talking about red zone rushing, that's the type of guy you watch out for because he'll blow up your spot in the middle. And now instead of going forward two, three yards, you're losing a yard, losing a yard and a half. And now you have the problems of the red zone all over again. And that's going to be the first storyline that we're really going to talk about in this game because we have two to watch out for. This is number one because something needs to be fixed. But before I get into that, I want to tell you about underdog fantasy because it is the easiest way to spice up your college football season. And it's really easy to get started. It's easy to play. And it's very simple. You pick two to five players. That's it. Two to five. And while you're watching the game, you just tell me, do you think they're going to hit the over? Do you, If you don't, do they hit the under? It's that simple. So do you think that Dallas Daniels hit 75 yards receiving? If you think he gets 76, put your money down on the over. If you don't think he touches 75, put it on the under. It's that simple. And you can do it with a bunch of players from different teams. Do it on your favorite team. I love it because it just adds an extra fun aspect to watching college football. But here's the kicker, and this is what we got, what we're gonna do for you. You have to sign up and use the promo code locked on on underdog fantasy. And with that, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. So you put $100 down, they're gonna give you $100 back. It's that simple. Either go to the website, underdogfantasy.com, or use the underdog fantasy app. Either way, make sure you're using the promo code locked on to get that special benefit. March Madness is right around the corner. If you wanna win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out my good friend Peter B's show, Locked on Sports Today. They're going to have all the biggest stories nationally, 
so that you guys can tune into everything. They're going to have people from the NBA channel, uh, the NFL channel, the college channel. I personally have been there two times. I know I tell you this every time, but I am very proud of my showings on Locked On Sports today. So make sure you guys are checking that out. And today's word of the day is defile, meaning to make dirty or ruin. So we're going to keep going with, with, the, with this matchup, and we're going to be talking about this defensive line for Southern and the offensive line for Jackson State, we're going to kind of continue that conversation because that's really what's going to come into play in the red zone. It sounds like they want to run the ball. So what we just broke down as the last matchup comes into play into our first storyline because if they want to run the ball, they're going to have to go through that Southern defensive line. But let's talk about the struggles that they've had. So the Tigers did not look good in the red zone last week. They had six opportunities. They scored on four, but they only had one touchdown. So the first thing that jumps off is that you didn't score on all of them. That's the first thing that, you know, you want to point out. You had an interception and a fumble inside the 20-yard line. That's unacceptable. That makes things even worse. But one thing that is the real problem that people are focusing on that feels kind of recurrent for Jackson State in some people's mind is the fact that they didn't score many touchdowns. Of those four scores, only one was a touchdown. When you expand it over the whole year, they've been in the red zone 40 times. They scored 32 times. Of those 32, only 22 have been touchdowns. That's a problem. You want them to be higher. I know 22 out of 32 sounds good. 22 out of 40 doesn't sound that good. You want it to be higher, maybe 28, 30-ish. That's the numbers that you're kind of looking to hit for. It's not realistic to assume you're going to score every single time in the red zone, a touchdown. However, you do want to try to make sure that you're scoring as many touchdowns and as little as field or as little field goals as possible. Other times they didn't score. There have been five turnovers, or excuse me, I think six turnovers, one turnover on downs, and then one just into the game against FAMU. So they just didn't need to score either way. But this is the problem. This is an issue. And against a defense like Southern, you're going to want to score every chance that you get. Whatever the fix is going to be, whether that's just being more efficient with the passing game or if that's just running and imposing your will and showing that it's an attitude that you want more than Southern. Whatever it is going to be, you have to make sure you can find some way to solve this problem because it was an issue last week. You got away with it. But you don't want to bank on this defense having to be basically locked down every week. So with it being an issue last week, I'm sure it's going to be a point of emphasis this week. Then our second storyline that we're going to be talking about is the offensive approach of Southern. What is going to be the offensive approach? What are they going to try to do? We haven't seen anybody succeed on Jackson State, so it's not like the blueprint is out there. What are you going to try to do? In their last major game, they decided that against Alcorn, they were going to come out and take big shots. They did that early. It worked. It gave them points early in the game. Are you going to do that? Are they going to try to run the ball? Are they going to make it the Bashan McRae show? I don't know. The thing about Southern is that they're so versatile and that works to their advantage and it gives the defense more to worry about. You can't go into Southern's game plan week and say, oh, we're just going to do this one thing and we'll be good. It doesn't work like that because they can do so many things. So you have to be ready for everything. And as a viewer, it makes it even more exciting because you don't know if they're going to come out and take some deep shots. I would. I would definitely do that. But they have a great secondary. So it's like, it's not, I don't know how effective it'll be. I would do it to make sure that they understand we will try to stretch the field. But I don't know how effective that will be. They have a really good defensive line and, and linebackers. I don't so I don't know how good running the ball is going to be, but something's got to 
go. You can't just sit there and just Professor X think your way through the field. It doesn't work that way. You know, like it, it, it just doesn't. So you're going to have to do something. I just can't tell you what to do because nobody has done it on Jackson State. And I think that's what makes this so interesting. And it's one of the things that we're going to talk about in our key to victory. But I have kind of a, it's not really a storyline, but it's something to note. So I guess it's like two and a half. But if I'm Prairie View, I'm going to bring this back up because I did about two weeks ago. If I'm Prairie View, I'm rooting so hard for Jackson State right now. There's no question who I am rooting for because I'm going to root for everybody against Southern. But to me, this is the best chance for somebody to beat Southern. And that's Jackson State coming in and winning. I think that Jackson State wins this game, personally. But if I'm Prairie View, I'm banking on it. I need it to happen because then all I have to do is win out. I came on here earlier and I told you guys, I think it was last week. I came on earlier and I said, Prairie View just needs to win out because that means they'll beat Alcorn. And then they need Jackson State to beat Southern. Well, winning out is going to take a long time. We have to go the rest of the season to, to see if that's going to be the case. But Jackson State beating Southern is this weekend. So if you're a Prairie View Panther fan, if you're a Prairie View athlete, I don't think I have to tell you this. Make sure you're rooting for Jackson State because they are going to be your best chance right now. And now having the inside track to win in the SWAC West because you only have one loss in the conference. If you win the rest of your games, you'll end with one. Southern has one. If they beat, if they lose to Jackson State, they'll have two. Alcorn already has two. This is what you need. You need Jackson State to win. So that's my little second and a half just to add to this. And we're going to go into the storyline, excuse me, the keys to victory. And I only have one. It's the same for both teams. And we'll talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we're going to talk about our key to victory. And it's very simple. It's very simple. Put points on the board. <laughs> put points on the board. And that's the mission every single game. But this time it's a priority. And you might even want to say put points on the board early because I don't think either one of you are coming back. I don't. I think that if the defense is performing in a fashion that leads to you having a deficit, they're on that day. And you probably aren't going to kick it in for a, for a comeback. So you want to make sure that you put points on the board early. But both of these teams are really good at everything, it feels like. They're one of the highest-ranking teams in almost everything on in the SWAT. And you want to really focus on the defense, scoring, first and second, Jackson State and Southern. It's this way for touchdowns, or excuse me, yards. It's this way for rushing yards. It's the way for passing yards. These are the two most dominant defenses in the conference, going head-to-head -head against each other. So the key to victory is put up some points. You look at scoring, Jackson State's one, Southern's two. Rushing yards, Jackson State is, uh, excuse me, Southern is one. Passing yards, Jackson State is one. These guys are really good. Something's got to fold. Something has to fold. You look at it, neither one of these teams has allowed 20 points too much this year. Jackson State allowed it one time. Southern allowed it twice. Once was to Texas Southern. The other was to LSU. Like, Jackson State, or excuse me, Southern is probably the leading Ah, but they did have that game against Florida Memorial. So I guess it kind of balances out. But even then, that still goes to like 30 points in the first two games. So if they didn't face LSU, you're likely looking at the top scoring defense in the SWAC. But they did, so you can't take it away. But you got to put points on the board. For Jackson State, that probably comes from taking advantage of any time you're in the red zone. You cannot have the same red zone efficiency as last year. Last week, excuse me. 
you can't have a bunch of field goals. You can't bank on your, your defense to continue to put you in a position as good as they are. You don't want to do it to where they have to be locked down for you to win. You got to make sure you're putting up touchdowns. That hasn't been an issue for them this year. It's where the defense had to be locked down, but you just want to make sure there's not a, a lingering issue from last week. For Southern, it's about finding some way to put together some offense. I'm taking deep shots. I am. Because as long as you're safe doing it, as long as you're not taking too many risks and you're taking these deep shots, I'm looking at it as, as an, a, a way to not have to march down the field. And to me, that's something that's going to be beneficial. Both teams should do it. But if I'm Southern, I'm going to try it. Why not? I know they got Travis Hunter. I know they got Shiloh back. I'm taking deep shots. You hear me? It's that simple. So that's something that I make it sound simple, but the key to victory is put points on the board because ain't nobody really been able to do this against either one of these defenses this year. It's been like that. So Jackson State allowed 24 to Grambling. Southern allowed 24 to TSU. Other than that, and the, on the FCS level, nobody scored on these two, man. So put points on the board is the key to victory and put points on the board early. Make sure you're doing that early. A couple of things as we go around the HBCU. Dr. Ivana Rich is the new athletic director at Edward Water. She was formerly in the athletic department at Norfolk for the last seven years. So she has some experience in that department and now she's leading it. She's the first black woman ever to be the athletic director for Edward Water. So a little bit of history. Let's clap it up for that. FAMU is going to or has a documentary out about the eligibility issues that they had it towards the beginning of the season. I haven't watched it yet. I don't think they're going to defile the administrative issues or the administrative department by airing out their issues, I should say. I don't think that they're going to come out and just be too slanders, but I do think they're going to talk about how difficult it was to really go through that. I did see a quote from Isaiah Land talking about how he passed all of his classes. I saw a quote from Willie Simmons saying he went uh, went over this 19 years ago. So it's something that it's a story that I feel like is interesting to be told. It'll be on uninterrupted so you can get it on YouTube. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I do think I want to promote it just so I can, you know, say how interesting I think it is. And then lastly, Brian Jenkins, the Alabama a and receiver is entering the transfer portal. He has 18 catches for 142 yards this year through only four games. So overall, they're heating up. Offense has been going. For whatever reason, he decided he wanted to end his career elsewhere. So we wish him the best of luck. But that's just going around the HBCUs. And I'll find out where he, wherever he lands. When I get the news, I'll tweet it out. I probably won't have a whole segment on it, but I will tweet it out. Or it might just be another part of one of these quick hits. We'll see. But either way, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, let me know what you think is going to happen in this Boombox Classic. If you're going to be at ESPN College Game Day, take some pictures, send it to me. I would love to know what the environment is looking like out there. Now, for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports today with Peter B. Bringing on all the hosts from around the nation to give you the biggest national news on a daily basis. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.